0: Hello, this is Alexa Gantuz, and welcome to Trash Talk Studio. Through this podcast, we'll be exploring how ecological empathy can be applied to different disciplines, industries, and perspectives, from music to design, investing, hospitality, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and beyond. This is Alexa, you're listening to Trash Talk Studio, and I look forward to talking trash with you. have the pleasure of speaking with Mohamed Malim who is an incredible entrepreneur, creator and all around very, very inspiring human who is a Somali refugee who was actually born in a refugee camp in Kenya. Today he lives in the United States in Minnesota and he's the founder and creative director of Epimonia. Epimonia is a fashion label that he founded with the central mission of supporting refugees. They upcycle material from life jackets that were worn by refugees on the Mediterranean Sea and discarded upon arrival in Greece they then turn these life jackets into products that not only serve as a symbolic gesture of support and solidarity, however, they have multiple campaigns and partnerships that actually have a very tangible impact on the life of those very refugees by supporting them financially, creating jobs, and a whole lot of other incredible, incredible avenues that we'll talk more about on this episode. Excited to share this episode with you. Hi, Mohammed. Welcome. So good to have you here.
1: Thank you, Alexa. Um, appreciate it. You know, thank you for having me. Really excited.
0: Beautiful. How, how are you doing today? Um, what's present for you right now? Give us a, a little bit of context of where you are and, and what's going on.
1: Yes, um, I'm currently at my house today. I'm working from home, enjoying, you know, the beautiful spring outside. Just a beautiful day today in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, I, th- I think we're all feeling the the spring vibes currently.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Without further ado, I mean, let's let's dive right into it. You founded a company that supports refugees. You're also a refugee yourself. Yep. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your journey and how you got to this moment. What are what are some of those uh, key moments that have shaped your experience and brought you to to where you are today?
1: I'm from the country Kenya. Uh, My parents are from Somalia during the 1990s. I fled from uh, the country Somalia due to civil war. And uh, about 1998, you know, we arrived in a refugee camp. We lived there, I would say about three years. After living three years in a refugee camp, we won the lottery that was provided by UNHCR agency. The interesting part was, you know, half my family were split. My mom's side family went to Europe and my dad's side came to the U.S. and I was fortunate enough to come to the U.S. We first landed in Texas uh, Houston after living in Texas I would say you know we then relocated to Minneapolis Minnesota and that was the beginning you know of come to the U.S. and just starting my journey back then there was a lot of Lutheran churches that were sponsoring refugees and Minnesota was one of those states that were welcoming refugees a lot and after Arriving in Minneapolis, Minnesota, I've been living here since then. Um, I would say I've been living in Minnesota about 20 years, 21 years exactly. And growing up in Minnesota is amazing. You know, we have the one of the biggest Somali population outside of the country, Somalia. How I got into the refugee crisis, you know, is very interesting because, you know, growing up as a Minnesotan, I was, you know, Moving around too much, my family were relocating. I come from a family of six siblings. I'm the oldest in my family. And, you know, being the eldest, it has, you know, you have a lot of more responsibility. Just taking care of, you know, your little siblings and just take care of your parents and just leading more, I would say. So uh, I graduated from Edina High School. Uh, it's a suburban high school. After graduation, you know, I went to St. Thomas during my junior year in college at say Thomas, you know, I did, you know, I was more involved. I would say I did track and field. Uh, I was more involved in, you know, certain school clubs, such as, you know, Black Student Union Club, Track and Field, and other diverse clubs as well. But the moment when I became, I would say, an activist, an entrepreneur was during my junior year in college when when our previous administration, uh, President Trump talked badly. Towards refugees, you know, um, shedding negative lights and misconceptions about refugees in the media—that was the inspiration why I started Epimonia. Obviously, you know, changing the narrative was a big component for me. So that was the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. You know, my activism in the community. My goal was to combat the xenophobic, the negative rhetoric that was going on towards refugees in the media, and by doing that, I was doing a lot of storytelling basically interviewing a lot of successful refugees that came to the U.S., you know, that struggled, you know, that faced a lot of challenges and obstacles down the road and and obviously, you know, became successful. And that was, you know, the beginning of my entrepreneurship, just sharing positive light of refugees. And my senior year in college, um, that's when I started Epimonia, where um, I wanted to connect the entrepreneurship side and the social impact side and, you know, figuring out, what was you know the role and how I would bring that to life
0: thank you so much for sharing this i mean just from this i have so many questions that are that are arising both about your your entrepreneurial journey and like so, some of the decisions that you took that i find uh, to be really interesting as an activist you sh- you chose storytelling and you chose entrepreneurship as a as a tool To bring this this conversation to light which i think is just so in line with this idea of creating versus destroying and i'm just so curious of like how you came to to take that decision and and why you thought um, it useful to bring in the power of storytelling and the power of business into what you're trying to achieve
1: absolutely you know for me you know i come from a family we don't have entrepreneurs you know We don't have, um, just this I'm talking about just from my uh, dad's side, but my mom's side, uh, I do have uncles who are designers in the Netherlands um, who own their, you know, small fashion companies. But for me, you know, entrepreneurship is very key because I'm using a business where, you know, I can bring a light of the refugee crisis at the same time, providing economic opportunities towards refugees in my community. Um, You know, here at Pomona, we provide job deployments towards refugees, you know, that can help them get back to their feet. And, you know, and that's a core part of our mission is to, you know, impact refugees through, you know, providing job deployment. Another element, you know, we play a role is, you know, we do uh, is uh, we upcycle refugee life jackets that refugees have worn crossing the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, we take those life jackets and turn it into a fashion apparel and a jewelry align to bring awareness and to bring visibility of the refugee crisis that's going on around the world. Uh, you know, the environmental responsibility is another aspect towards, you know, using the upcycle material. So there's a lot of, you know, components within our supply chain at the morning that we take things very seriously and that we are very transparent.
0: Yes, I, I mean, I find the fact that you use refugee jackets as a primary material to to make your your fashion products to be incredibly powerful i just think that the symbolism of that just tells a story in and of itself without you having to tell the story no it's it's very yeah. it's very visceral it's very embodied and i'm wondering like why why fashion for you why did you uh, see this opportunity to use it as a way to begin to shift these uh, cultural narratives
1: absolutely um you know for me is you know the inspiration that i got is from my uncle who himself is a fashion designer in the netherlands i took huge inspiration from him and obviously fashion i'm a fashion guy to to myself you know i the the clothes i wear is the way i express myself to the world you know and that's another element but just overall, I would say, you know, fashion starts conversations to me, to be honest. You know, whenever we design our product here at Pomonia is, you know, we are very careful of designing and taking serious of the product design because at the end of the day, when we design, we want to tell stories and also we want to start conversation uh, within, you know, our consumers. So another way is fashion, you know, tells stories and at the same time starts conversation within you know people so that's the element
0: and and tell us a little bit more about the mechanisms behind that because you're mentioning and and obviously i know this from being familiar with your work but you're also providing employment spreading awareness yeah leading to education citizenship and resettlement initiatives yep tell us a little bit more about those mechanisms and the ways in which these fashion lines are able to fund all of these initiatives
1: you know, we do this by prioritizing our partners and vendors socially, you know, environmentally responsible. We partner up with a couple of NGOs in Les Greece, that they collect the life jackets. And once they collect the life jackets, you know, to our studio, they ship it to our studio. We then you know, partner up with uh, the state of Minnesota and other uh, nonprofit partners that we hire um, refugees, you know, to provide job employment. Uh, obviously, they make the product as well as very is handmade. Once the product is finalized, we sell it on our store and we then donate you know, portion of the proceeds to um, nonprofits that support refugees initiatives such as you know, providing you know, scholarship, helping refugees become US citizenship, you know, by covering their fees. So we cover their application fees. As you may know, you know, the application fees to become U.S. citizen is very high. And we do other uh, initiatives as well, you know, providing a housing kit. So there's so much elements within Epimonia that we are very proud of, I would say, because the whole supply chain just focuses focus on refugees by partnering and by supporting in both ways.
0: It's always so difficult to to really comprehend these, these numbers, but on your website, you state that by the end of 2019, there was 79.5 million people that were forcibly displaced. Yeah. We know and we're all very aware that with the increasing changes that are happening due to climate change, that number is only going to keep growing and mass migration is only going to to become a, a bigger and bigger issue. And obviously, no one no one decides to leave home because they want to. You know, I, of I think course, yeah. A key word here is forcibly displaced. Yeah. I'm wondering to hear a little bit more about what are some of the lessons that you learned having gone through this experience of having to leave your home.
1: Um, you know, leaving you know uh, my home is like like you said, no one doesn't want to leave their home. Home is comfort, is their identity. Obviously, we don't have a choice, you know, because if you don't want to leave home in those situations, you know, you end up getting, you know, hurt or getting killed, whatever the case be. But, you know, my experience, you know, especially my parents and I is leaving from home, it has been very tough, you know, especially to this day, because I do have conversation with my, you know, parents about, you know, potentially returning home, but obviously it's not safe. But it's been very challenging when you grow up in a place where there is no one that looks like you it's literally you starting over, you starting life over and, you know, seeing refugees, especially right now, like the Ukrainian refugees, you know, I, I can empathize that, you know, I can feel them because I was once just like them and my parents were as well, but growing in a, in a place where you have no resources, you have nothing. Refugees are the most hardworking people and, you know, the resiliency, It shows that because you have to build something you know you have to build a livelihood from nothing and it's something that is like amazing to see but eventually you know people want to go back to their home and live the lifestyle they want to live back then but yeah it's unfortunate
0: I mean, what what I find incredibly admirable of of what you've done is that you lived through this circumstance yourself and yeah. went through that process of like finding that resilience and that strength within yourself to then be able to give back to others who yeah. are going through some of the same processes and and supporting them in that journey. I'm wondering, like, how how can other people participate? Like, what are some of the ways in which someone who hasn't uh, experienced being a refugee can begin to, to make a difference in, in how they show up in the world, you know, whether that is uh, shifting some of the narratives and conversations or, or perhaps like giving financially or, or in more uh, tangible ways. What would be your advice?
1: My advice would be to be honest is to you know, go out there and you know, the world is big, go out there and meet people. Go out there and learn your neighbors, you know, go meet your neighbors. That's the best way you can, you know, meet an individual that don't look like you. And also do your research. Stop listen, listening to the media. A lot of these days, you know, people tend to go watch the news and first thing they hear is refugees are this refugees are that. No, they're not. Just do your research. Don't listen to the media and go meet these incredible people. You know, um, you never know. You know meeting your neighbor could lead to becoming you know your best friend that's what i would say you know
0: yeah so unlearning the stereotypes and and generalizations and actually yes people are not on a person-by-person basis i I think that's correct advice i think it also goes back to to what i was saying you know that we see all of these numbers of 79.5 million people. And it's very hard to conceptualize, no, which is also one of the other reasons why I think uh, what you're doing through storytelling is so beautiful and so, so profound in its impact, because it allows us to, to feel something, you know, which is very different than like trying to rationalize, that is that is thrown out, it actually connects you to a story and to a life. To very human elements that connect us all, no matter where we come from or or what journey we've we've been on.
1: One interesting, you know, aspect that I found when I did this storytelling is, you know, I interviewed people from different backgrounds, from different religion, you know, and the common thing that we ha- we all have as a refugee is we fled from civil war and we want to go back to our home. Just to listen to these people is like wow, we all have a common goal, obviously, but coming from a different background. And that's one thing was that Kama Ice was very interesting.
0: I'm curious to hear, what are some of the ways in which you see your impact and your involvement in all of this continue to to evolve and, and to grow over the years? Is, is, there a, is there a larger vision for where you want to take up pneumonia or your personal work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, Apomonia is, you know, uh, we are driven to, you know, break down the negative stereotypes of refugees that are often seen in the media or whatever the case be. But we also want to use our platform, you know, to collaborate with different refugee artists, designers, whatever the case be, just to bring that talent and to provide them a platform where people can see their work. You know, one thing I've, I've done really well is, you know, Apomonia change the narrative, you know, building partnership with different organizations, different sport teams. But now over the years, I want to actually collaborate with uh, refugee talents, such as, you know, designers, artists, or whatever the case be, just to provide them and to empower them as an individual and to let you know people know that refugees have talents and, you know, we don't see those uh, stories we don't see these talents and that's one of my goals for 2022 and you know over the years that's coming to empower refugee talents
0: yeah i, I absolutely love th- this idea of i'm uh, um, amplifying those voices no
1: indeed yeah
0: and giving them a platform to be able to to tell their stories
1: yeah to elevate the global you know refugee community in general
0: i'm curious where the name epimonia comes from
1: Epimony is the word perseverance in greek so I just you know used I just added the the i n a in the end. But epimonia means perseverance in Greek.
0: Perseverance, resilience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some of the greatest challenges that you faced in in bringing this company to life?
1: I faced a lot, especially you know you know graduating from college and just you know taking that risk of continuing to do my work. Obviously, one of the challenges that I face is, you know, running a business in all, you know, faces, you know, you know, know, learning how to uh, run a business in operation, doing, you know, the financial and just being CEO and just wearing all different hats uh, as a, you know, founder. But throughout the years, I've learned a lot. I'm grateful for those opportunities and those challenges because it took me to places that I never thought I would be. And I'm thankful and grateful Being as a young entrepreneur is also challenging because, you know, you have to build something and meeting new people, meeting individuals from all across the world is key. And just, you know, connecting with people and bringing people together to align your mission and to tell your vision is also, you know, incredible.
0: What would you say you've learned about yourself through doing this work?
1: I've learned a lot through myself throughout. over the years because when I got into college, my goal was to graduate, get a four-year degree and work at an advertising agency. But that obviously, that wasn't the plan. But I'm a risk taker. One thing I've learned throughout the years is I'm a risk taker. I like to challenge myself. I like to dream big as well. Back in college, I wasn't like that, but that opened a lot of doors and opportunities when you dream big, when you believe uh, yourself. And also being Optimistic about life overall. I think that also helped me uh, get closer to my vision and my goals and the impact I've made in the lives of refugees. Um, that's something I'm very, very incredible about. And also, you know, down, down the future, one of my goals and aspiration is to get into the government sector. People around me, my inner circle, encourage me. You know, to you know, say, hey, you know, you you never know, you might. Uh, do well in running for office or whatever the case be, but I'm very open-minded to that and just to see, you know, what the future holds.
0: It does seem like you're a very natural leader and, and people gravitate towards you and they want to help you build this vision this that you have, which is what happens when you take those big leaps and risks, no?
1: Absolutely. You're right. No, no kidding. You know, uh, it's like one of my mentors, you know, we always have a monthly meeting. The next step, for me, as, you know, becoming a leader in a community, why don't you run for, you know, city council or whatever the case be? And, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm that type of guy that I'm not, I don't like to get into politics. But, you know, in order for to make a big you know, impact in the community, you have to create policies and laws and whatever. The case be, and that's is, that's actually true in order for me you know to make a big impact obviously I, I made a big impact in the business side but now how can you take that to the next level
0: i also wanted to ask you because i mean i'm i was blown away when when i saw your project which is why i reached out to you for this podcast because not only is this uh, company rooted in social innovation supporting refugees but like by default it's also Deeply environmental, because you are using this material that already exists and creating this very circular system in, in in the way that you're working. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. Like, was this intentional, or was it something that came about because of the social part, or like, what was what was the interplay between those two?
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. And I get that asked a lot. You know, when I started at Pimornia, that wasn't intentional. My goal was you know, to take those live jackets and obviously create awareness, you know, my, at that moment, I never thought about, you know, being environmental, you know, environmentally cautious or, you know, using sustainability, recycle materials. It was not the case for me. It was just, how can I obtain these life jackets, you know, to create uh, a fashion line, you know, and, you know, to support my community. But as over the years, you know, I have, you know, taken it very seriously. I'm using recycled tents. Um, I'm also using recycled materials that you know have been used by refugees. So over the years, sustainability has been a big, big a win for me and my company.
0: It's incredibly inspiring everything that you've done, and also how you're you're such an incredibly resilient leader who's like making big thank you, in the World, and I'm curious if you have any advice to share with with our listeners and and people who might be tuning into this episode yeah uh, my
1: advice is you know obviously we live in a big world do your research you know meet people take the risk of starting you know whatever that you want to start whether there's business or you know if you want to apply for that one school take that risk you know one thing i've learned over the years is you know taking risk can lead you to places that you'll never imagine to be and being kind to people being open being empathetic towards each other can know as humanity can come together, it's been an absolute journey for me. People are saying, you know, like, hey, this is just the beginning for me to be honest. You know, I've taken that risk. I have a lot of dreams and aspirations that I want to tackle. But, you know, let my peers know, just take that big risk and be kind to people and, you know, be open minded in this world.
0: I love the call for kindness and just such a reminder that we we never know the stories of what other people have gone through. No, indeed. I think that's a that's a beautiful, beautiful way to bring this episode to a close. Thank you, Mohammed. It was such a pleasure. And Thank you. Alexa. For our listeners, where can people find you? Where can they look up Epimonia? How can they? Yeah, you,
1: you know, uh, people could uh, look us up on our site at epimonia People could buy the bracelets. You know, um, buying the bracelet helps employ your refugee. You know, and also another impact that you'll make is, you know, buying the braces could, you know, also help create awareness of the refugee crisis and start conversation. It just, you know, hits all goals of our, you know, here at Pomona. And we're greatly appreciated and supportive of all the things you you've done alexa as well
0: make sure to link this in the show notes and i'll have a, a direct link to to the shop so that can, people can actually yeah. go out and buy it
1: yeah and people could follow us on our social media as well i forgot to add that
0: great so. great 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 i'll uh, i'll make sure to add all the links for the listeners thank you so much Mohammed.
1: Well, thank you so much alexa uh, i've enjoyed our conversation and hopefully you know we can meet in the future
0: Thank you for listening to Trash Talk Studio. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is your host, Alexa Ganduz. For more information, you can visit our website, trashtalk.studio, or follow us on Instagram at trashtalk.studio. I'm wishing you a really beautiful day, and until next time.